Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. What's up? Uh, not much. Do you want to hear a joke? I'd love to hear a joke. Why are there no coronavirus cases in Antarctica? Um, why? It's because of the isolation. <laughs> Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. Tim, can I just tell you, you've never looked better. I don't Thank know what I don't know what it is. Look. But you've just never looked better than you do this second. And uh, I'm feeling very warm on the neck, mm. which is nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. You know you lose a lot of your, <laughs> your heat through your neck. Yes. Dan, yes. So. Uh, well, if you're not watching the podcast and you're listening, you're gonna be wondering why I'm giving Tim such a compliment. It's because he's wearing this fantastic scarf right here. Now, um, we have a very special offer for you this week for, uh, well, I think we're going to run this promotion over maybe a month, maybe the next two months. Okay. Um, what Dan has very kindly offered to do <laughs> is uh, run a competition where a lucky listener will win a crocheted scarf from Dan, <laughs> the man himself. How good is that? Okay. I'll do that. Really? Yeah. I'll do that. Awesome. One lucky, I don't know what you're going to have to do to get it because if, if you can see, and uh, I think I have admitted this on the podcast before, but I, I'm an, I, I can crochet. I wouldn't say that I, I'm a crocheter, but I, I can crochet. Is crocheter even, is that the verb? of? I don't know, but um, I, I did make this scarf. So uh, for those of you interested in a scarf, uh, stay tuned because we'll have some competition that you have to you have to do and I'll make you a two drunk accountant scarf that'd be awesome yeah and I promise this won't be like Alicia's shirt <laughs> no Alicia's still going to get the shirt I was going to hand deliver that thing yeah COVID yeah you know you can't yeah. we can't help that at the moment uh, well today on the podcast we're going to be discussing uh, it's sort of an update or a continuance or a refresher from our very first three episodes of the podcast Tim those three episodes were all about uh, entity structures. So we spoke about being a sole trader, we spoke about being a partnership, and we spoke about being a company and a trust. So today's episode is all about a section of being those entities, and that's how you actually get your money and assets from your entity structure. Yeah, it's... it's how do you get paid? It's not as easy as you would think. A lot of people find it confusing. Um, potentially get themselves into trouble mm. in some of the scenarios. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a very valid thing to look at and make sure people know how to get their money out. Particularly when uh, people change entity structures as well. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that uh, as we go. But first of all, Tim, what, what is the Tim and Dan I left my hand up <laughs> <laughs> this time. Uh, I think next week I might change it up because you've been up for like, maybe the past three weeks. Yeah. That should go. I've should, got that falsetto. Yeah. You got that high voice. <laughs> I think my voice might be higher than yours, actually. I don't know. Maybe one time you should use the guitar you've got laying over there <laughs> and we could actually do like a guitar, Tim and Dan Lowe. I like that. I can do that. Yeah. I don't know what we'd Put play. Some chords together. Yeah. Just a G and an E and, and an F. <laughs> D, maybe a little bit of D. Yeah, nah, it sounds good. Dan, uh, did you know? Yeah. 
Uh, this is this is an update from Mum. You might have noticed Mum called me earlier. We were sitting I at did. a cafe. We were we were uh, having a work meeting, and, and yeah, whilst whilst she was on the phone to me, she let me know that today is World Beer Day. World Beer Day. Yes. Wow. So uh, a day that I don't particularly celebrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not exciting for you whatsoever. No. What what happens on World Beer Day? I just guess people drink beer. Yeah, uh, that, that is exciting for one reason, and that's that um, the current, uh, the brew, current batch of Two Drunk Accountant beers yeah. are sitting in the office. I know. We're I not know. at the office right now. We're at my house again. But yep. but if we were in the office, we could show everybody uh, mm. the two lovely Two Drunk Accountant beers that are yeah. sitting there. I, yeah, so um, pretty keen to crack one of those and, mm. and give it a bell. But uh, yeah, well, beer day. So make sure you have a beer or 10 tonight. Yes. And, uh, and then send us a, a photo of yourself uh, listening to Two Drunk Accountants, having a few beers. Yeah, I'm looking forward to get the picture from your mum and your dad. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I'll have you know... We uh, sometimes are in the top 20 of management podcasts. Yeah, that's, that, that is something that we found out this week. It's uh, Tracking ourselves is not something that we've, we, we particularly do, um, but you can't even see the charts on, on Apple these days. But we, we recently registered and, and had a look. And yeah, we regularly crack uh, the top 20 in the <laughs> management subsection. <laughs> Oh, I love how specific and niche that sounds. Yeah. Uh, under that category, we, you know, in under business dash management, uh, we've gone all the way as high as six, Tim. We are often in the top three drunk accounting podcasts. <laughs> well, I always like to tell people when I when I say we have a podcast because a lot of people have a podcast these days, but I, I like to tell people that we are a really big deal in the small business advice related podcasts based on the Central Coast. <laughs> <laughs> And there'd be we're, several, big in the, we're big in that category. There's probably several. Like, there is a couple I know of on the coast yeah, in that category. There so, is. Yeah. I think we have a, uh, yeah, uh, we're a big deal in that circle. Mm, yes. Uh, so, Tim, in quick answer to the Tim and Dan Lowe, uh, my week has been good. Yes. Uh, I yes. have been uh, watching, just relaxing a bit, back at the gym a fair bit. Yep. Did my, my first session of swimming on the weekend. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Yep. And I, I like swimming. Cool. Yeah, I That's like good. swimming. And I googled, does chlorine kill COVID? <laughs> it does. Oh, my God. So, I'm not afraid Why to swim in the pool. Why would you Google that? Because I, I didn't think about it. And, uh, and I was in yeah, the pool. I guess, yeah. And there's all these people, like not thousands, but there's, there's a decent amount of people in this Olympic-sized swimming pool. And I'm thinking, on an average day, I feel gross by the fact I'm swimming in other true, people's like true. spit and, yeah. and stuff. And so, when I got home, I was like, should I be worried about this? So I Googled it and apparently, and this is not medical advice, but from what I could read on, on Google, uh, chlorine does in fact kill COVID. Beautiful. Mm. Fantastic. So I feel safe about swimming in the pool. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Seeing, seeing this COVID thing, uh, really ramp up in Victoria. So, yeah, thoughts and are with it's, all. It's started to ramp up a bit more in Sydney and Newcastle over the past few days. So if you're from those areas, yeah, make sure you check out the health <laughs> advice about if you've been to certain locations. I'm laughing. I'm not laughing because of yeah, that mm. that's horrible, and I, I it concerns me. It stresses me out a lot. Mm. I have family in Melbourne um, as well. So yeah, yeah, thinking of them and all the business owners and the people losing jobs or hours. Absolutely, yeah. 
and and the greater Melbourne area. But um, I saw a really great meme mm. um, this week, and it was The Simpsons. Yep. And there was. I've a, seen this. Did meme, you see yeah. this one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's um, there's Homer and Marge and Maggie, and yep. in between them is Lisa. Yeah. And it's that episode where um, I think it's the Armageddon. Yeah, or like something. The, the the rapture comes. The rapture. Like, yeah. yeah. And, then, and the then good the, people go up yeah, to heaven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so on. I think Marge is New South Wales. Homer's Victoria. Yeah. And Lisa is Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> and she starts floating up <laughs> towards heaven. He's like, not too soon. Yeah. <laughs> where where <laughs> do you think you're going? Yeah. Homer grabs her leg and pulls her back down. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's uh, it's strange times. Hopefully, uh, these stage five lockdowns in in Victoria mm. can can really nip it in the bud, and we'll see what happens in the other states. Yeah. So this actually leads us into our our business update. And just this morning, because of a consequence of the further lockdown in Melbourne and all these businesses who have had to shut straight away, um, they're actually loosening the eligibility for JobKeeper 2.0. So obviously, when we spoke about JobKeeper 2.0 a few weeks ago, we said none of this is set in stone. And this is a clear example of that. Just this morning, they announced that you no longer have to qualify for each quarter. You just have to qualify for the one. That's what we call just joshing because it's Josh Frydenberg (laughs) just coming out with, you know, just joshing around with everyone and, uh, and yeah, just making our rules on the spot. I'm sure the ATO is loving right now because they're probably having to respond with all their uh, updated, uh, I guess, releases and, and media um, run-throughs of how the the new system's going to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I do feel sorry for the poor, the poor buggers at the AP, ATO whose job it is to create the system that uh, that runs this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good luck to them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's an update. Also, the uh, New South Wales grant, if you're in New South Wales, closes in, in about a week or so as well. Yeah. So, if, if you were looking to get that $3,000 and you have because you have been affected by COVID yeah. um, to go towards cleaning, marketing, business planning, yeah. um, make sure you apply for that before that date. Yeah, that's a really good one. You just need to be part of the industry list that they have. Correct. Specific industry list and, and have an employee. Yeah, and for more information, go listen to that episode, JobKeeper 2.0, because we, we talk about it in detail there. Actually, we caught up with someone today who um, made up a good nickname for what was released this morning, which is JobKeeper 2.1. 2.1. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I'm assuming there's going to be at least uh, 2.3, 2.4 before... <laughs> It actually happens. Oh, I hope not. Yeah. It'll be like trying to uh, to run an account right live software, isn't that right? Uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the laugh track, Tim. You don't have your headphones on. I uh, know. Yeah, I forgot my headphones today. So. Yeah. So, uh, Tim, do you have a tight ass tip? I've got a really good tight ass tip today, yep. and um, um, it relates to sort of like my other thing as well. Okay. So, do you think maybe I should save the tight ass tip for the end or should I, or should I, okay, no, no, no. I'll use the tight ass tip now, mm-hmm. but I will, pre, I, will preface it, I will preface it with mm-hmm. this. Okay. Uh, my other thing, which I'll discuss more, in more detail later is I've got a new gambling system. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And my tight ass tip is don't gamble. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty short to show Yeah. I think... Gambling's uh, a waste of money. Gambling's a complete waste of money. Um, yeah. Doesn't mean none of us have ever done it. Uh, it's fun to do. Yeah. There's, there is obviously, you get something out of it. You get, you get some... Uh, the, the, where there is risk, there is reward. You can, yep. you can sometimes win. 
you can enjoy things more. Mm -hmm. But uh, as a general rule of thumb, I would just say, just don't gamble because yeah, yeah, it's a good way to waste money. I've got a lot of friends, maybe Damo, not naming names. Not naming names, but let's say you run a a pretend plumbing company. (laughs) Damo's Plumbing. Yeah. um, Who is a big fan of the multi. And this is the system that I'll get into later. Okay. My other thing, which I, I totally get where he's coming from. Okay. All right. But, uh, well, yeah. I'm looking forward to hear this uh, this advice. Let's just put it this him. way: he has had a lot of close cases to winning, which in his head is a win, but in the end of the day, he lost. That I was about money, to say, so. so he's lost. Yeah, and I, every one of these. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every day a new yeah. gambling company opens up. So, which is why uh, because everyone's losing. <laughs> yeah, and and it's also why the advice for today is don't gamble. Yeah, that's the Tardust tip. Yeah. Uh, there's really good Louis Theroux episode from like 10 years ago where he's in Vegas as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, just people losing tens of thousands of dollars in these casinos. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It's fascinating. And they don't care. They know they're losing it. They're like, ah, I'm willing to lose it. But uh, Crazy. they seem pretty upset at the time. So, All right. Well, let's move on to our main topic then today. We're actually getting through this pretty quick today. The 13 minute intro there. That's that's like the most efficient intro we've had in a long time. That was succinct and uh, enjoyable, I'd say, the two words. Yeah, no, I think that is 100% accurate. How's your neck feeling right now? A little cold. Yeah, mine's quite warm. Yeah. And, a, and a listener of the podcast's neck could be warm as well. <laughs> if they win the. Unknown competition. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come up with the criteria yeah. later. That's not important. That's not important. The important thing is you're all jostling for, for this, this next scarf. For this scarf. Uh, all right. So, today we're going to be discussing actually how you get your money out of your business. And depending on the entity structure you have depends on how that actually happens. And it also, there's a number of other factors because it's not just cash you might be looking at. There, there could be certain uh, expenses the business pays for or certain assets that you get use of that can really create some tax headaches for you in the long run if you don't do it properly. So the most common, and I think we'll just start at the, at the most simplest um, option, is a sole trader. So as we've discussed in our original episodes, when you go back and you listen to us nice and green back then when we were... <laughs> Just newbies to the podcast game. Yep. Uh, a sole trader business and the individual are completely the same thing. They are legally the same entity. There is no difference between the two. Um, and because of that, the way you actually get money out is you just take the cash. Yeah. The the money are belonging to the business and the, the money and the assets belonging to you are the same thing. Are the same thing. <laughs> it's just all... In a big bucket. Correct. So it actually doesn't matter how much cash you take from your business during the year. You don't pay any more or any less tax. What you actually pay tax on is the profit that that business makes. And that gets added to your income and you pay tax at the normal marginal rates. But the cash that you take doesn't matter. Now, that doesn't mean you can just go take all the cash that's there because you obviously need some working capital in the business and you you can only take as much as you can survive off with the business. It's also not advisable to be running your personal expenses from the business account because that's going to make your bookkeeper's life very difficult. Correct. And for a lot of sole traders, the bookkeeper is them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So don't do that either. No, don't do that either. And, and we've spoken about in a previous episode, um, having a motor vehicle in the business. That is another example of people using an asset of the business. Now, as a sole trader, you 
can use that vehicle um, for personal purposes, but you've just got to apportion the expenses based on your um, mode, uh, your logbook. Or um, you could not claim any of the cash, uh, any of the actual costs, and run a cents per kilometer method. Yeah, true. That is available to you as a sole trader and a partnership, but not any of the other entities. Mm. That's how that works. When you're a company, um, you need to only use the actual cost with a logbook method. Mm. So it's quite simple. This is one of the advantages of being in a sole trader is that you can take that cash without any real tax consequence. You can have that motor vehicle and as long as you're apportioning the expenses between private use and business use, then it's that simple. Mm. That's, that's as hard as it gets. I think most people understand that one. Yeah. And so that makes complete sense. Correct. So the next one along is a partnership. And it's essentially identical to mm. the sole trader, except there's two of you who can equally do it. Yeah, the only thing I would say here with the partnership is sometimes there's wages paid before profit split. Mm. So you could actually be earning wages in a partnership. Mm. Um, and that is more of a mechanics style thing, not mechanics industry, but a mechanic to reward a partner who might be more involved in the business so rather than just splitting everything 50 50 if there's one silent partner and there's one non-silent partner who's managing the entire business they take their fair wage which um i guess means they're going to get more cash uh and then based off a remaining profit amount then uh you make a split Mm. depending on your partnership holding so if we were 50 50 partners we would split the remaining profit 50 50 yeah so again though the money can just go wherever it likes. Yeah, you can take all the cash you want because, again, there is no separation between you and the business, its assets, uh, your assets, and some your partners as well. Yeah. So, I think we can move from that one. It's essentially the same thing. Yeah. Now, the more complicated one, and we're going to spend the bulk of this topic on this area, and it's when you're a company. Yeah. And essentially, it's similar to a trust, but we'll get into trusts a little bit later because it can be further complicated uh, as a uh, a company it is a completely separate legal entity to you it, it is essentially another person it's yeah. like Tim is the business and I am the individual that owns Tim you own me? I own Tim right so what happens in that scenario is the money that's sitting in the company is its it has a legal right to it it pays its own tax on it it's all that belongs to that entity mm. You as an individual have no right to that cash no. unless you are paid a wage or a dividend. Mm. So, they're the two main ways you need to get cash out of a company and into you as an individual. It's you pay yourself a wage in which tax is withheld and then that gets paid in your BAS and, and declared at the end of the year and, and whatever the difference between it and what you should have paid is paid or refunded to you in your individual tax return yeah. like any other employee. So, yep. you're essentially just a regular employee. But the other option is as a dividend, which mm -hmm. is paid out of profits to you as a shareholder. Yep. And, 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 that's, really, and that's really it. The, the problem that happens is a lot of mm. people change from being a sole trader to a company or yeah. a partnership to a, something to a company. And they're so used to just, oh, I need, a, I need an extra 100 bucks. I'm going to transfer that cash to me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take 1,200 this week. Next week, I took 700. The next week, I took two grand. Yeah. Um, just ad hoc taking money out. Yeah. Now, if that's not put through as a wage or a dividend, 
then it ends up being what's called a director's or a shareholder's loan, yep. which essentially is money that you owe back to the company. Yeah, that's a really shitty scenario to be in because yep. no one likes owing money back to a company. It's just a really hard concept to grasp mm. in, in your mind. Yeah, it's and like, how do I owe money back to myself? People often say, it's yeah. like, well, it's not. You're, the company is separate to you. You owe it money. And it's a very tricky yeah. situation because it's a catch-22. To get the money to pay the company, mm. you have to pay yourself more money. money from the company. Yeah. And the reason you're probably in that situation in the first place is because you're taking a lot of cash, but you, you perhaps you don't have enough cash to pay for the tax that you need to pay yep. on the cash takings that you're drawing out of the company because yep. any cash takings you're drawing out should be either as wages. So, mm. cash takings are a net wage mm. and that can really build up. Like the tax withheld that should be on top of that net wage mm. can really build up if you're not in a, a healthy habit yep. of putting that aside mm. or um, as dividends. And we know dividends can come with franking credits but only but, if you've got franking credits available. That's right, if the company's yeah. paid tax. But also, um, uh, dividends and franking credits will often fall short of the tax rate at which you're taxed at. So, mm. over $37,000 of income, yep. the future is going to be forty-five grand. Yeah, You're paying tax at 32.5 cents yep. in the dollar. Which, before. if you're a small business, your franking credits at the moment are only 27.5%. Exactly. So, you're going to have a shortfall there. You're going to owe tax. Yeah. And not not to mention they gross up the dividends. So, you're paying tax on the franking credits as well. Correct. So, um, it's just a really tricky scenario and one you don't want to fall behind with. It takes years to catch up on. Yeah. And um, if you ever have heard of someone saying, oh, my accountant just said, um, just said, take it as a director's fee or... uh, Director's loan. Or director's... (laughs) Yeah, or director's loans. Just just write that off. That's that's not a problem. Well, that's it. That's actually a lie yeah um and it's incorrect that used to be the case i believe like people were getting away with murder writing off these loans that they owed to the company yeah um but division 7a is the ato's way of cracking down on that and it is a very effective tool (laughs) yeah so essentially what this stops is uh, a director or a shareholder an owner of these businesses taking money out tax-free and and using it uh, and there's a whole raft of things that can be considered a payment. And that, that could be a transfer of assets, it, which includes cash. It could just be taking cash out. Um, it could be forgiving a debt. There's a whole bunch of things. And it's not even a payment directly to you either. It could be you or an associate. So let's say I wanted yeah. to try and get around this. I'm not going to take the money. It's going to be a loan to my partner. Yeah. Um, well, that doesn't matter. It's your associate. Yep. So exactly. if... Um, what happens at the end of the day is is if that's not repaid essentially by the time the tax return is lodged for that year, it gets converted into and, and you haven't arranged a uh, compliant loan agreement. Mm. Uh, it essentially just gets converted into a deemed dividend, which is unfranked, which means you don't get the tax credits. Essentially, mm. what that is, let's say you took out a hundred grand during the year, that was a director's loan. Uh, in cash, well, that essentially is $100,000 added to your income with no prepaid tax mm. in that year and you've got to pay it all right then and there, which means you're now going to owe 40 grand of tax, mm. maybe more. So, yeah, it's rough. It's a big problem for, for people. So, Definitely. the best way to do it is if you've taken money out, put it through as a wage. Yeah. Gross it up with some tax and also understand that you do have to gross it up. If I take $1,000, that's not the cost. The yeah. cost is... $1,400 yep. because I've got to pay 
400 bucks in in tax and some super probably mm, on top so um yeah and there's as i said there's a whole raft of things that could be considered a div a division 7a payment now the way you can get around that and i think I, surprisingly we've never actually done an episode mm. on division 7a which which i think we should get into but yeah. um you have to make a comp complying loan agreement so even if you decide it is a loan and i will repay it back it's actually got to be over a set fixed amount of years that that is determined the rules are currently changing it used mm. to be seven for unsecured and 25 for secured but it's now all just going to be 10. yeah um they need to have repayments and it has an interest rate that is set by the ATO, which is higher generally than what your home loan interest is right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like eight or 9%. Um, but like, um, yeah, the, so the business is paying tax yeah. to, to have that loan on the books. Exactly. So there's interest income to the business. Uh, which it then pays tax on. And it's making the loan harder to repay for the, Each year. Uh, yeah. for the director or the shareholder. Correct. So. so this is how people get stuck in these situations is because they don't yeah. understand that when they take cash from that company, it's got to be declared the correct way. They don't understand that there's an onflow of cash uh, tax on top of that. And uh, if they do convert it to a complying loan, it's end up going to cost them more tax in the long run. And it's not just that either because of FBT, which Correct. is the other way people were getting benefits out of companies. Yep. Uh, Non-cash benefits. Mm -hmm. um, FBT cracks down on, say, a motor vehicle. Yeah. It's private usage, um, being owned in the company, mm -hmm. being used personally. I'm getting personal benefit out of it. Well, it's not cash coming out of the business. No. But it may as well be because the business has paid for it yep. on my behalf for my benefit. That's right. So... Um, the way that that will generally end up working is you'll have to do a logbook and there'll be some amount either paid as fringe benefits tax, which yep. not a lot of small businesses do nah. in, in my experience. Yep. No one lodges a fringe benefits tax return unless you're very organized or on top of it. Yeah. Um, or it'll be a credit, I mean, a debit to your director's loan, meaning that you owe money yep. to the company for that personal benefit or that personal yep. gain. Which more gotten. often than not, is then just paid out as a wage in that year. Yeah, So or a dividend. Or a dividend in that so, year to, to cover it off. Yeah. So even the personal use of businesses' assets gets taxed. That can result yeah. in a director's loan yeah. that you owe to the business. So let's compare this to that sole trader. The sole trader was taking cash out willy-nilly and was just apportioning costs. Say they did a logbook and it was 50-50. They said, all right, well... My fuel cost is 50-50. I'll only put 50% in. My rego is 50%. Depreciation, 50%. GST, 50%. All of that, they're just apportionate. Yeah. Uh, and simple. In a company, that same person takes cash. They've got to put it as a wage and withhold tax and super. Uh, or put it as a dividend and end up owing a little bit of extra tax depending mm. on their income. Uh, they use that car. Well, they've got to do a logbook. They've got to calculate a fringe benefit employee contribution, mm. uh, which is calculated not on just the actual costs. It can be um, mostly on the actual cost, but there's deemed depreciation and deemed interest, which are a separate calculation altogether, yeah, yeah. Um, or a flat 20% of the grossed up for GST value of that vehicle. Yeah, yeah. See, that's already much more complicated. And that's yeah, why is, yeah. being a company comes with its own compliance costs yeah. compared to being a sole trader. It's a lot more tricky. Mm. There's a lot more little traps you can get into mm. that if you were a sole trader for a long time, you probably will get into. Yep. Um, and yeah, it takes a couple of years to really get into good habits yeah. with it. But you really do, if you have a company, you really do have to consider it 
as its own thing. Yeah. And you can't, like if you've got an app on your phone, mm. we, like we do for our company mm-hmm. and its bank account, and I look at that, I, I don't look at that as my money. No. I look at that as no. business money. Exactly. I've, I've never looked at that. It needs to be separate. Exactly. I've never looked at that balance and thought, oh, what could I buy with that? No. I always think, okay, great. That's yeah, for the business. business is strong. <laughs> that means maybe I should increase my wage. Exactly, or yeah. pay a dividend or something like yeah. that. But you should not be like, I've got a lot of money in the bank account right now. Mm. I'm going to transfer that to me. Exactly. That is the worst thing you could do. Do not do that. Exactly. Without give yourself some, a pay rise. Yeah, or, without some forward planning yeah. and considering tax and considering super, don't do that. Yeah. Um, and if you don't do that, well done. Yeah. and Good work. And this can also apply to other business use or uh, sorry, personal use of business assets. So um, an example could be if you loan money from the business. And so we spoke about this before that it would need to be a complying loan for division 7A purposes. But let's say it was shorter than a year and you took that money and you used it for something and then you paid it back. That could potentially be considered a fringe benefit. It's not division 7A because you paid it back within the year, mm. but it could be a fringe benefit because you had an interest-free loan from the business Mm. and you might have to calculate an employee contribution based on some ATO deemed interest rate um, to figure what that is. So it's always best just to look through these rules before you make these decisions with unintended tax consequences. Yeah. If you've got a company, just be in regular contact with your advisor or your expert and um, make sure you're not getting yourself into situations which are going to be hard to get out of. Correct. So the next cab off the rank here is trusts. Now, trusts... Hmm. Uh, There's lots of different types of trusts. Lots of different types of trusts. <laughs> but for, for the main example, most people in a small business probably have a discretionary trust. You know, they run this business themselves or whatever. They've set up a, a discretionary trust that they, um, at the end of the financial year, figure out family members, um, you know, within their family group or whoever that they want to distribute the income to for, for tax-saving purposes um, but also because you know there might be several of them running that business mm. in the family. Uh, it can be a bit more blurred. It has essentially the same FBT and the same Division 7A problems that a company does, mm. except there is a distribution and drawings and contributions that act a little bit differently. Mm. Um, so the Division 7A problem I'm talking about is not so much you taking money, it's you declaring income yeah. is being distributed to somebody else, yep. a company, which you own to pay tax over there, but you never actually cash flow that. That's called an unpaid present entitlement. And the reason why that falls under Division 7A, because essentially it's a debit loan in the company to an entity which you yeah. have ultimate benefit from. Yeah. So, yeah, I think like rule of thumb with mm. the trust, money going in and out to you mm. and your family members. Mm is all fine if it's a discretionary trust. Correct. Yeah. So, um, so it's actually closer to the sole trader end of the spectrum mm. than anything. Yeah. Now, the only place where it gets weird, and this is what Dan's just hitting on here, is a trust can choose often, a discretionary trust, mm. can choose where it's going to stream income to. So, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to send some, you know, to my uncle and mm. to a company that I've got where I invest mm. and to uh, my kids and my wife. So, um, it's fine with all of those individuals, but once you get a company involved, yeah. then you're bringing in that same old problem of Division 7A loans yeah. from companies Correct. where money is owed to a company because to, yeah. you've, you've given it income. So, if you don't actually send cash to that company, yeah. 
then you, you're in that situation where it's like you've taken money out of a company without paying tax on it. Correct. Yeah. Which really sucks. Yeah. But it is what it is. And a lot of people get into that trap. It's, they it's, do, yeah. It's surprising. And the reason why people get into that trap is, and we can get, I think if, if we do a Division 7A episode, we can talk a little mm. bit more about it there. But a, a, a trust doesn't have um, retained earnings. It, it can't retain earnings or cash um, because at the end of the year, it distributes it. Yeah, it, it's you know all tax is paid at the individual level. Generally speaking, um, there are some exceptions to that, but generally all tax is paid by the individuals when it gets a distribution of profit. So if the business has a really good year, um, you could even though you might not have taken all that cash out, you could have potentially um, paying higher tax on at higher marginal tax rates. Um, so people might distribute income through to a company because it's capped at a certain tax rate. It, it plays a fat. A flat tax rate. So, as Tim was saying yeah. before, once you get above that, you know, just around forty yeah, thousand dollars, you end up paying obviously. more per mm. uh, more per dollar than a company does. Yeah. So at that point, it makes sense to okay, well, I'm going to distribute money to that company. But yeah. if you don't actually cash flow it, and that yeah. cash doesn't sit in that company's bank account, yeah. that is now a loan. Yeah. So that's that's where that gets caught up. But apart from that, um, apart from being able to take the drawings and, and it being similar to a sole trader in terms of the actual cash taken out. Uh, you can be an employee, you can pay tax um, and get a distribution after that. Um, however, the FBT things still come into play. Mm. The motor vehicle, private, private use, personal use of businesses' assets, those things can still become a fringe benefit problem. And you still need to do the FBT calculations and employee contributions. Yeah, which is more about income than loans. Correct. Yeah. So, so an employee contribution there is, is you know... Uh, that is actually income in the business, which then gets distributed to you as an individual anyway, and then you pay tax on it. Yeah. So (laughs) that's how it works in a trust. Um, So, yeah. So Dan, Mm. uh, this is something maybe we we need to do a little bit more research on as well, but Mm. there's other types of trusts and one main one being unit trusts. Correct. Some people set up unit trusts. Yeah. So I actually um, would like to be more clear um, on the ability to draw cash from mm. a unit trust and whether there's any Division 7A loan implications from that. Yeah, so a, a unit trust, it's the, the most simple way to think about it is that you, your units are essentially shares. Um, they're a right to a distribution of profit at a particular split. Yeah. Um, you know, if you own 50% of the units in a trust, you get... And, and, and the constitution of the, uh, sorry, the trust deed says that you get um, equal, you know, each unit gets equal distribution of regular profits. Um, then you are going to receive 50% of the profits at the end of the year, mm. um, which means there's a fixed amount that you're entitled to, um, which means if you're drawing cash out, you could get into a situation where you've outdrawn the amount that you've actually been distributed. Yeah. And the consequences of that, yeah, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm, it wouldn't I, be a Division Seven A problem divi- because it's yeah. not a company. It's, yeah, so yeah. but I, I believe it's on the radar. Like, yeah, it's it's one of those ones where all accountants are happy. I think that there is no legislation around it at the moment, mm. but there could be one day. Yeah, so if yeah, there's it's not Division Seven A because you're not a company. There is no loan to an individual yeah. shareholder or director from a company. Um, but it is a loan. It is an amount that it you is. owe to an entity that is not you. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, potentially yeah. should be paid back. And, and if forgiven, would potentially be a capital gain event. Yes. And, and so then there's like the capital gains yeah. um, tax 
implications of unit trust yeah. it's quite tricky mm. um, yeah so there's the, like a capital the, gain event the, the best case scenario is don't draw more than the income you've been distributed each year yeah which, that's which, hard that's but, really but, but hard. when you think about it you shouldn't be doing that anyway because if you your probably, business has made a profit and that's assuming that your cash flow is roughly around what your profit distributions look like yeah. um, you know tax can be different here yeah. but um, but also your beneficiary accounts aren't based on a taxable income they're based on accounting income so let's assume that your accounting income cash and cash flow is, is roughly the same. If you're taking out more cash mm. than what you've been distributed, then there's no cash in the business to give you that. Mm. So really, it shouldn't work out that way. You could put yourself down as on payroll yeah. as well, if you're really worried. Yeah. Just put yourself down on payroll. And I would recommend that because there's a lot of businesses when JobKeeper came out who paid themselves as mm. um, they didn't pay a wage, they were beneficiaries yeah. and there might be several of them that actively work in the business that for JobKeeper purposes, only one of them could then get the, yeah. the, the subsidy. Yeah, that's no good at all. Um, mm. So, yeah. Pay yourself it, a wage. Yeah, I mean like in, in the past, you, would, you wouldn't have said that because you get the small business tax offset if you're going to earn your income. Yeah. Uh, through trust distribution. That's true. So, if there's four of you, mm. you all get $1,000 yeah. off your tax, up to $1,000 off your tax, yeah. which is amazing. You don't get that if you pay yourself wages. What I've trust. recommended to a lot of people is to pay yourself some base standard wage that you know covers your expenses and your cost and, and that's your yeah. wage. Yeah. And then at the end, there's going to be a profit and a distribution. Yeah. And you can still get the small business offset there yeah. for yeah. that portion. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Cool. So that's how do you get cash out of a super fund, Dan? <laughs> uh, retire or die. <laughs> oh, that's a bit morbid. Well, it's true. <laughs> or roll over to another super fund. There's a transition to retirement. Yeah, I, I fact I count that in retirement. Oh, you could get an early release of super for terminal illness. No, no, no. Financial for COVID. Oh, for COVID. <laughs> uh, that's a business update. Actually, the ATO have started. Uh, striking uh, with compliance around the super. They've actually no contacted a lot of people. Really? I saw the notice. Is that for self-managed super funds or? For everyone who they feel Ooh. like shouldn't have taken the 10 grand. Mm. It's actually interesting. I was speaking to a um, mortgage broker friend, mm. uh, friend of my golf game, Luke. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he was telling me that there are some people who come in and they release the money from their super mm. and they want to get um, yeah, they want to get finance. They're mm. actually going to use it as a deposit for yeah. a house. Yeah. And but yeah, banks are wising up to it, and they're they're asking the question: the Have you have you, savings, yeah, yeah. have you have you released anything from Super? Have you re received any of the COVID related support? Because it's a big black mark against them. Because here's the thing: Yes, you can get potentially twenty grand out of your Super. Ten grand before June. Ten grand after. Yeah. Uh, but that if you did it legitimately. It also means your income dropped yeah. by a certain yeah, exactly. percentage, yeah. which means you're going to struggle to repay a loan you're taking out. Yeah. Um. So I can't imagine it would be a positive. <laughs> nah, it's it's not a good idea. Yeah. It's not a good idea. And twenty grand now is worth so much in the future when you look at compound interest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's 100%. massive, massive. Hundred percent. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's a a good. <sighs> A good summary there of the different ways that you get cash out. Essentially, as a sole trader and a partner, you're just drawing the cash out and you just pay tax on the profits. As a company or a trust, 
pay yourself a wage. A trust has some distributions and drawings there, but a company is very strict. Dividends or wages? Good topic. Good topic because a lot of people get confused. Yeah. Yep. Just remember, if you're a company or a trust, but more so a company, <laughs> you could owe your business money and have to pay a lot of tax on that. And it's an awkward situation to be in. Yes. Correct. Yep. All right, Tim, do you have another an other thing? Uh, another other thing? Yeah, yeah, I believe it's something around gambling. Yes, I do. Um, so, I am beginning a... <laughs> I'm beginning a bit of a project, Dan. It's a yeah. gambling project. Okay. So, mm. um, essentially, I'm going to start a community on Facebook and then offer gambling tips and charge them <laughs> money. No, that's not it. Uh, no, it's... Um, uh, my, my good friend Damo. Yep. He put on a multi a few weekends ago. Yep. Explain to everyone. What let's a, just say the layman out there listening who doesn't bever it. What, what is a multi? multi? Well, okay. So a multi has legs, and so you're basically choosing multiple things to happen. Yep. Which they refer to as legs. Yep. And if they all come off, the odds of each of them multiplies. Yeah. To give you an, uh, a total payout. Yeah. And so let's say you put ten dollars on, mm. and you bet on three things worth a dollar fifty. Yeah. Then they would all multiply against each other. Yeah. And then by your ten dollars, that's what you would get as a return. Yeah. So yeah. So they're risky because you need more things to happen. Correct. Yeah. So it's essentially it's it's like flipping a coin three times, and I'm and you could flip it once and bet that it's going to be heads, or yeah. I could bet that each one is going to be heads. So, but the the. And the chances are fifty fifty still in that example, but yes. but let's just say they weren't fifty fifty. Well, then the chance is harder that each one of those will pay off. Yeah, so, so the return is higher. So this is the system which um, which Damo explained to me. I, I agree with it. I actually think it's quite smart. It, yeah. it definitely works. So what Damo? Um, Wait, let me stop you there. It definitely works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think no, he's won hit once. Hit me out. Hit me yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hear me out. Yeah. So, um, basically, mm. let's take AFL mm. as an example. I love AFL. Mm -hmm. So, there's some certain things that are going to happen in AFL, right? Forwards are going to kick goals. Yep. Midfielders are going to get possessions. Handball. Kicks and handballs. Mm. Um, so, and then a team is going to win, probably. Draws are very, very rare. Yep. So what you could do, those three variables, just take those three. Okay. You can choose certain players that every week mm. they get over 20 possessions. Mm -hmm. You can choose certain players that every week they're almost guaranteed not to kick a goal. Yeah, to kick a goal because yeah. they play as forwards mm. and that's their job. Yeah. Um, so if you chose, let's just say, four players, yep. the two most likely goal kickers. Yep. And the two most likely midfielders mm -hmm. to get over twenty possessions. Yep. Um, often they're paying out at about a dollar twenty to a dollar thirty-five. Okay. Which is low odds. Low so odds. If you put a dollar on, you yeah. win thirty-five cents. Correct. But when you multiply them all together, mm. it starts to add up. Yeah. So Damo put on a multi, which was twenty-five dollars. I think mm. he he bet. Yeah. And it had like. 14 legs yep. over five different games. Yep. He got 13 out of the 14 right. Yeah. And uh, the 14th one was wrong only because the goal kicker who had kicked a goal in every match before that yep. got poked in the eye in the seventh minute and <laughs> couldn't play the rest of the game. <laughs> so, but, that's, but that's just... 
that's gonna happen every it time. It is gonna happen. Yeah. All right. So I'm 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 gonna do a little bit of a smarter version of what Damo's doing. Okay. So Damo's obviously locking in all those legs. Yep. Now, my system, mm. and I only had a dollar in the tab. We'll so call it the Tim system. The Tim system mm. is going to be. A little bit of a modification of your system from yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, I remember my system. And, and then and Damo's system. So I'm okay. going to go game by game. Yeah. I'm going to choose the most likely variables. Yeah. And try to get at least a two on one return. Yeah. Per game. Mm-hmm. And then um, try and double up yep. with each match. Okay. And I'll leave a dollar in the kitty. Yeah. So I've got a dollar right now. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, basically try and keep doubling mm. for as many games in a row as I can. Yeah. And what's really cool right now is there's a game of AFL on every day. Yeah. So I can be doing this every day. Just pick three things I think are likely. Try and get to the $2 odds yep. um, that I need. And then um, just keep trying to double up. So and, and, and you're actually like siphoning off your risk. Because your risk. you're not... If one game fails like Damos did, yep. then all the others, I could still win them. Yeah. I like this, Tim. Um, because so the Dan system, yeah. um, as opposed to the Damo system... <laughs> Was and, and it works because uh, I was betting on the tennis, um, yeah. uh, specifically the Australian Open or, or one of the Opens that goes for two weeks. And there's a game every day. Yeah. So my system was I'd always bet on the absolute favorites, Federer, Nadal. Yeah. Um, it's almost guaranteed they're going to make it to the quarters. You know, so, so their odds they're paying are $1.5, yeah. $1.4, yeah. Um, And I'd bet on each of them and just double each one. Nice. And, you know, I went from, I think like, Three dollars to a hundred dollars wow. um, in in one period. It's pretty um, good. Um, I stopped doing it because the next tournament I went from a hundred dollars to twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the system wasn't working. The system wasn't working. So and and I only ever put a few dollars in. I've never yeah. so I never spent money, money on on. Gambling ever, I think yeah. I put a five dollar thing in once, yeah. and I, I've turned it into twenty bucks. Well, it just so happened I had a dollar in my tab account. I must exactly. be left over from a but, Melbourne Cup day years ago. And, but the something. thing that you've inspired me, Tim, yeah. is that I never bet on, um, I never bet on anything other than the win lose market. Yeah, that's it. So it's just little variables that are very yeah. predictable because, mm. like, like for instance, if it, if it was the tennis for Federer to win at least a set. That's it. Exactly. He's going to win a set. He's not, exactly. If he's going to lose, he's not going to lose 3-0. It's you know? almost certain. Yeah. Now, that on its own is not going to pay out much. No. But combine it with a few other things which are also very likely to happen. The odds go up. Yes. Mm. So, get around it. Get amongst it. So, my bet for tonight, I was just trying to look it up on my tab mm. app. Um, uh, and this is by no means an advertisement for tab. I don't really give a shit. It was just that's the one that's on my phone. Mm. But... Um, it's um, funny that you and I are not betting people. No, either. no, no, like no, no, we're, no. We're, we're far. I hate, I hate gambling. We're far from gamblers. Tight ass tip: Don't gamble. I, I think I've only ever gambled on the app for those two tournaments yeah. that I lost, and then I've, I've th- like if I've gone to a game yeah. and I happen to have money still on there, I'd put a dollar on yeah. a game to make it a little bit more interesting. That's it. And and I go to maybe two sports events yeah. a year. Yeah. So I bet on GWS. So tonight's game. If yep. you're watching tonight's game or you're mm-hmm. you're following the AFL, these are my this is my multi for tonight. Mm-hmm. Giants on the line, mm-hmm. which is like a I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't really know how they come up with the line, but mm. it's basically like if the bombers lose but by under fourteen points, mm. you win that bet if you chose the bombers. Um, if the Giants yeah. win but by more than thirteen and a half points 
then you win that bet. So it's like there's a line where they're equal. Right, okay. So yeah. they're both paying a dollar ninety odds. Yeah, right. So I bet on GWS because I think they're gonna smash my beloved bombers tonight. Yep. And then Josh Kelly, he's gonna get over twenty disposals. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Cameron's gonna kick a goal because mm. the Giants are gonna smash Essendon. So. Do you know my problem? I don't know enough about the games. This is the thing, but I know, I know all the. Yeah, like, that's I'm thinking. Into this it. works for you because you you like these. That you 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 want to know these facts anyway. I can pass you on my bets if you want. But no, nah, I don't trust that. Oh, once I'm up to hundred. <laughs> Twenty-eight dollars, Dan. I, I think I ran the numbers on this. As, How many days in a row yeah. before you get into the big? Yeah, the big I, I, I was working on this when I first came up with the Dan method, um, <laughs> which worked for one tournament, and uh, <laughs> and I, I did just an example in like a spreadsheet. I think I was showing Nike in the office, <laughs> and uh, it was I went from like five dollars to like to like a million dollars in not that long of time. That's amazing. Yeah. What is it, like 30 days in a row? Or? Yeah, I forgot what it was, but it was it, obviously I never got there. I, I went up to glorious heights of $100 and then crashing back down to 20 <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we might run those numbers and scope it out, but I, I honestly feel very positive about this. If mm. I don't push it too hard, I can almost be increasing my like gambling my my bet by mm. 1.5 times per day at the moment. Here's, here's what we should do, Tim. We should both do this with yeah. the money we've currently got. So we've both not got a lot. No, I have a dollar. I yeah. literally have a dollar. So I'll start with a dollar too then, yeah. right? And I'll find a sport yeah. to do this with. And in a month's time, we'll see who's got the amount. Awesome. And you can't put any more in. Oh, okay. Well, I could literally lose tonight. You could lose tonight. Like, and, and that means in a month's time, you're at zero dollars. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do, it. Let's do it. I mean, you can start again in your own time, but in terms of our competition... Yeah. You're at zero. Because I do have plans of like once I get to like say $16, mm. which is definitely going to happen in about four days. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to halve that and I'll keep eight in the kitty and that's going to be my, my minimum. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, thank you everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, get in touch with us, twodrunkpodcast at gmail.com uh, at two drunk accountants on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we'll come up with a competition for the scarf. <laughs> And if you... Should we give away the one you've actually worn? No. People a, might want the, my scarf. They that's might my, want the smell on the musk. That's my lucky scarf. Mm, oh, take man. it off. Take my scarf off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll calculate it.